Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Supply Pastor. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook, and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, let's start with the obvious question. Just what is a supply pastor? So this is when a rostered leader takes a Sunday off and we need someone to come in and serve with the congregation while we are away. Okay. Can it be a supply deacon or does it have to be a supply pastor? Well, it depends on whether or not you serve communion on a given Sunday. Okay. So in the ELCA, rostered leaders who are rostered on the Word and Service roster are not given permission to preside at Word and Sacrament. They are not able to preside over Eucharist, the meal. And so a deacon is not able to serve communion. So in our congregation, what we do is if I'm away for a Sunday and Deacon Bonnie is going to be presiding over the worship service in my place, then we have substituted in, instead of gathering word meal sending, we highlight the other sacrament and we do gathering word sacrament sending and we highlight baptism. Okay. And I've written a Remembrance of Baptism that incorporates the signing of the senses as a incorporation of the affirmation of baptism rite and the signing of the senses and incorporate that into that time period when communion would be. And Deacon leads that in that place. And so it still gives that portion of our service, that sacramental feel, but it does not have the meal portion associated with it. That's interesting. Is that something you think other congregations have adopted out of necessity with the lack of rostered leaders to lead something like the actual communion? I don't know whether or not. We haven't actually advertised it out. Okay. But it's what we've come up with. Other options are to have a service of the word, which simply omits communion from the worship service for the week. But for us, I think having the rhythm of having something in that spot is a good rhythm for our congregation. And that's the solution that I came up with as the minister of word and sacrament. So that was the choice I made. So if you have this possibility of having the word itself or baptism Why would you want or when would you try to call a supply pastor for any given Sunday? I think for most congregations, it's important to have that feeling of things being well-ordered and well taken care of in the absence of a rostered leader and knowing that things are in good order, especially if you don't have a deacon on staff And Mm -hmm. so, for example, before Deacon Bonnie was called to serve our congregation, whenever I would have a Sunday off, we would have a supply pastor who would come and serve. And so it was always a good opportunity for me to bring in someone with a diverse voice, someone who was younger or older than I, of a different gender or identity than myself, someone who could bring a different perspective than I bring to the pulpit. 
it's a great chance to bring in speakers and preachers who are better than I am as a preacher. Anything to really bring diversity and joy to the congregation, something of pizzazz and joy. And that's a wonderful opportunity to give the congregation something to be excited about. So that's a great reason to bring in a supply pastor, a supply deacon, just a supply roster leader for a week. It can be a real gift. What exactly are they in charge of? Is it just one Sunday service itself or is the supply pastor for like, say you took a week vacation? You can make that arrangement with them. Typically the arrangement is on this particular situation would be to come in and serve for the Sunday service, to preside over the worship service, do the greetings, lead the worship, do the prayers, preside over the table, preach the sermon. And they are compensated for that. So it's a paying gig. It is a paying gig. Okay. You compensate them for their time that they give to be present on that Sunday and to offer the service. When it comes to covering kind of the on-call portion of the rostered leader's time there, oftentimes what we do among the rostered leaders in a cluster or an area is if you're going to be taking vacation, you might call a colleague in the local geographic region and say, hey, I'm going to be on vacation from this date to this date. Would you be willing to cover pastoral care for me? And I have never had compensation for covering for a colleague, and I've never compensated a colleague for covering. But it's just that if an emergency happens, you would be available to show up for that congregation in whatever way is needed. There have been very few times where there has been anything that has called me to serve, but it's always good to have someone who's available to take that emergency call. So you as the pastor is the person who is in charge of finding a supply pastor, or is it something that the church council does? Typically, I find the individual I will ask the council or ask personnel or ask different people, is there anyone that you would like to hear from? Or is there a voice that you're interested in listening to right now? I might take kind of an informal scattering poll, but typically I'm kind of checking around to see who's available. Mm -hmm. Because, for example, the weekend of Senate Assembly. You're not going to have a lot of choices. There's not a lot of options around. (laughs) And so you kind of try to figure out who's available and who's able to handle, well, right now, who's able to manage the technical juggling of the new hybrid service. Sure. Because it's vastly different now to ask someone to come and be a part of a hybrid worship service. Most of the time, much of the time, supply pastors who come in and preach and lead a service are retired. Okay. And sometimes retired rostered leaders do not have the current kind of technical skills to be managing. Right now it takes us three laptops and a projector to deal with our hybrid worship service. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot. It's a lot to manage on a given Sunday. What does the pool of supply pastors look like? Is it rich and diverse or is it dwindling as well? 
it can be very rich and diverse on a weekend other than Senate assembly when everyone is all at the same location. Sure. Because it can also include those who are awaiting call, those who are between calls, those kinds of things. Okay. So there's no special training that has to happen. You just have to be on a roster. Exactly. Exactly. Is there a limit to how many weeks in a row that you can be a supply pastor for some congregation? No. No? Mm -mm. Okay. Which leads me to how is this different from an interim if you kind of sneak through the back door on making that happen weeks and weeks and weeks in a row. Yeah, definitely. An interim is appointed by the Senate office to serve in a specifically contracted role. And you are on salary and there's a contract involved. If you are coming in for supply, you are there for a very specific reason. A check is cut and sent to you or handed to you the day you are there. There's not necessarily a formal contract and it's, it's an agreement, but Mm -hmm. it's not a contract. Okay. There's a difference. Can you get a supply pastor from another denomination or does it have to be in the ELCA? It needs to be someone that we are in full communion partnership with. Okay. And so one of the denominations that we are partnered alongside, and if they are Outside of our denomination, it is good order to double check and make certain that they are authorized to serve communion within our denomination. Realistically, what kind of trouble would you get in if you somehow fumbled the ball a little bit on that one? I would like to decline to comment. (laughs) That's a very good question to ask the current bishop. Duly noted. (laughs) So have you ever been a supply pastor? What is it like to come up with a sermon for a completely different congregation? Absolutely. I have supplied. It's fascinating. I supplied, I think one of the most terrifying times that I supplied was for First United in San Francisco. And I was still very young. I was still in seminary. I think, I'm trying to think, I probably had graduated And I was awaiting call. I had been assigned, but had not yet been interviewing. And First United needed supply. It was not so much that it was an unknown congregation. It's odd to go into a congregation that you don't know. Mm -hmm. You can kind of look at their website, maybe read a couple newsletters, read their profile, kind of catch a glimpse of them. But generally speaking, when you're preaching supply, you read the texts and preach a generic sermon. You're not going to be able to preach specifics. You're not going to be able to be super challenging. You might be generally comforting, at least for me. I think Mm -hmm. there might be other pastors who could go into a place and be super challenging, but that's not going to be my modus, right? I am who I am. I am someone who needs to know a people really well before I'm going to poke at them. So I'm going to go in, generally speaking, and preach a pretty, like a teaching kind of a sermon or a comforting kind of a sermon, something along those lines. But this congregation had within it the professor who taught me Greek and the New Testament. Oh, my. Dr. Bob Smith. And he's the man who taught me who Jesus really was. And so... To show up on a Sunday morning and be preaching with him in your pew 
was super intimidating to me. I believe it. It was beautiful because he came in and he did the children's sermon. And then he just went over and sat on the floor and played with the kids through the whole service. And it was just so beautiful to see him sitting and playing with the kids. Yeah, I miss him. I miss him a lot. And so there are beautiful pieces of getting to be a supply pastor as well. Just some really interesting opportunities to get a different sense of different communities. Memories of really getting a sense of how vastly different communities can be. You can show up and one congregation will have you preaching completely open floor plan. There is nothing to hold you down. You have no mooring at all. And the next will have you in a, you know, four steps up, super teeny tiny little pulpit where you can hardly move your arms and you can barely see over the top of the pulpit because I'm not tall enough to be (laughs) seen, you know, and needed probably a little stool to stand on, but just vastly different settings. And it's good to remember that just as diverse as the geography is of our country, like how vastly different Pennsylvania is to Utah, is to Oregon, to California, Mm -hmm. our congregations are from one another. And when you supply, you can get a feel for that. You can get a real sense for that. And it almost seems like it would be useful to be a supply pastor for a little bit or as much as you can before you settle down and get a call somewhere. Sometimes. I mean, it's hard because it means that you're not working. Sure. $150 a week is not really enough to make a living. Not so much, no. (laughs) Especially when your student loans are coming up. (laughs) Yeah, there is that. But it is a wonderful opportunity and it is a kindness to get to give pastors the opportunity and deacons the opportunity to have a rest. Sure. So what's it like then coming up with that sermon? Would you say it's on par with like a wedding service for a couple you're not completely familiar with or maybe a funeral for somebody who needed a place to have a funeral? Mm, Or would you say it's more like you've got Christmas and Easter and you've got all these fresh faces and you got a chance to do something and then they're out? Yeah, it's a little closer to that. Funerals and weddings... I can usually get just enough of a glimpse of a person or a couple to make it personal enough, but reflect it back to the community to tell their own story. Mm -hmm. Christmas and Easter, it's really about just tell the Jesus story, point to the good news, tell the Jesus story. And I think in some ways, I think supply serving is similar, that it's tell them again the basics, tell again, like, Just tell the story, stick to the basics, remind them that God loves them or tell this story and be present and trust that whatever it is that the Holy Spirit needs to say that brings you and your gifts to that room in that time, in that moment, that there's a reason for it and just let it be. Don't overthink it. Don't overwork it. Don't overtry it. At least for me, I'm not going to come in with an agenda to fix a congregation or to give them some vast, incredible word, but I'm there to point to Jesus. And if I can come in and point to Jesus, then I've done what I've been called to do. Excellent. 
When you call a supply pastor, do you ever give them any direction of like, this is where the congregation is, this is what they're looking for, or do you just let them do what they're going to do? That's a great question. It depends on whether or not the supply pastor knows the congregation. Okay. So for example, we have a couple of rostered leaders who know Central very well and who have woven themselves into the story of this congregation for a decade or longer. And so there is the ability for me to say, here's an update on things that are going on or things that are sort of happening. If you were to speak a word of comfort or if you were to speak a word of challenge on these kinds of things, or if anything comes to you about this kind of a thing, I wouldn't be surprised because I trust them and they are aware enough of the dynamics of how the congregation is and who the congregation is that they know how to enter into that space and use that knowledge well. And so absolutely, there are some that I can do that with. If I'm pulling someone in who is coming in blind Mm -hmm. and I'm pulling them in because they are a new voice Mm -hmm. for this congregation and I'm pulling them in because they are a new voice and we need a new voice, then I will likely say, speak to us what you see. Right. And I'm not going to ask them. I'm not going to tell them about us because I want them. I'm thinking of, for example, when I had someone from my doctoral cohort come in, Mm -hmm. I did say as much as you can, maybe try to avoid using masculine pronouns for God. Okay. That's not going to fly here as well. Beyond that, speak the word that you hear. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's going to lead me to my last question. So if you had the chance to be a supply pastor anywhere, where do you think it would be most fascinating to be a supply pastor right now? Ooh. Oh, Lord have mercy. You ask that and my heart went out to like so many pastors who are so exhausted and so tired. And then I particularly thought of rostered leaders in areas where tragedy has been happening. Mm -hmm. And clearly I am not qualified to serve in Uvalde because it's a Catholic parish that has been responsible for the majority of the funerals that have been occurring there. And I think that there are places and spaces where that kind of loss has been felt in our country And if there was a way to go and hold space and teach about lament and the power of the lament psalms, that I would, I would go and I would teach about the lament psalms and silence and hold space alongside of those places and spaces because people are tired And we have not taught people how to grieve in our country. And we are awash in grief. And we have turned grief into violence in so many ways because we don't know how to grieve. And we are reaping the consequences of that. And I wish that we could 
learn how to grieve. So maybe that's what I would do. That's powerful. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about being a supply pastor. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for listening along. I hope that you are being kind and gentle with your souls in this time. Take a rest. Find moments to be still and explore ways to see things anew in your life. If you have found a particular way to take a rest, we would love to hear about it. You can reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.